to get into dental hygiene school and maybe you've been in college before or maybe this is your first time on this adventure and one of the first things you recognize is that the way that people are assessed the way the quizzes and tests are done in dental hygiene school are a little bit different than maybe in other majors or ones that you've experienced before in this episode we're going to be talking about test taking strategies test format, how those tests are constructed in the dental hygiene program, and maybe even how the test questions are written, and some good study habits that will put you in the right direction to have a successful start to the dental hygiene program and a strong finish. Because if you can understand the test format and construction and how those test questions are written and the types of test taking strategies that you need to use in dental hygiene school, you'll be that much more likely to pass the national boards without any issue at all. So give it a listen. Hi everyone. Welcome to the Happy Flosser podcast. My name is Billy Lunt. I am your host, and I'm here to talk to you about all things dental hygiene to support you on your journey through the dental hygiene program. Welcome. So glad to have you. When I started dental hygiene school, it was not my first time going to college. I had already had a couple of years of schooling under my belt and I was a chemistry major. And I know I've had a lot of new subscribers. So just a little history about myself. I practiced uh, as a dental hygienist for a little more than 20 years. And I went back to school to get my master's degree in public health and education. And before I went to dental hygiene school, I was a chemistry major. I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to be in dentistry. I wasn't sure if I wanted to be a dentist or hygienist or what any of those roles really were. So I started my degree pursuit off in chemistry. And so in this episode, we're talking about really good study habits and how test questions are written. And I found that when I started dental hygiene school, there was quite a unique difference in how the tests were formatted and how the questions were formulated. And most of the questions are multiple choice questions or case study based questions. And the whole purpose of that is to get you really good at taking these types of questions and figuring out the right answer or the best answer for each of those questions, because essentially that's what your national board exams are. They're all multiple choice questions and case study based questions. So in this episode, I really just want to fill your mind up with all the different parts of good test taking strategies to help you have a leg up as you go through the dental hygiene program. As a student, it's important for you to understand how exams are formatted and what types of questions you should expect that are going to be presented to you when you're taking an assessment. And it's really important for you to know that before you're sitting there and you click start the test, right? It's important for you to know as much information ahead of time and know the style and format of the exam coming your way. Oftentimes, if you ask your professor this information, they will give you pretty good detailed information about what to expect. Now, most of the questions in dental hygiene school are multiple choice or case-based questions, as I said. But even within those details, there's different types of questions. 
So there's a question type multiple choice question, which asks a specific question or a situation in order to solve. There's a completion type, which requires you as the student to complete an idea, right? So an example, a pulp canal is that part of the tooth that is, boom, found within the roots of the tooth. So a completion of an idea, where is that located? That would be an example of a multiple choice question like that. A negative type multiple choice question uses words like accept or not. And what I have found is most students hate these. So what you're looking for when you read those types of multiple, question, multiple choice questions is, are you looking for the one statement that's true or the one statement that's false? And unless you know that, you're probably going to choose the wrong answer. So on those types of multiple choice questions, be sure that when you're reading a negative type question, be sure that you know what you're looking for. What is the exception? Is it the one true thing or the one false thing? And then those paired true false ones, man, nobody likes those. And I know those are starting to filter out, but they're still going to haunt you. And those are where you have two different sentences. And the thing that stinks as a student is that you need to know both concepts in the question in order to achieve the right answer. And that can be really unfair as a student, to be honest with you. Now, test questions are written using Bloom's taxonomy. And that's really how test writers develop test questions. They contain a wide variety of difficulty level. So you have easy test questions. And easy test questions really require a student to have just memorized information. So think about what you know just by pure memorization. Those are considered your easy test questions, like something like an eruption date or um, an anatomy question where you specifically have that information memorized. When you understand how test questions are constructed, it really helps you be better at test taking. And as you get more complex questions, what happens is that whole memorization piece goes out the window. And you actually are having to take different concepts and put them together in order to achieve the right answer. Most tests are constructed with about 25% of those easy test questions, about 50% of those moderate double layered questions, and about 25% of those multifaceted layered questions where you need to understand the content really well, or you need to have touched on all of the information in the course, whether that be the reading and the lecture content and reviewing the homework packets. So taking a look at all of the content in the class will help you with those 25% of really multifaceted questions. What I can say, don't rush. Read the questions two to three times before you select an answer, and maybe try to come up with the answer in your head before you read those distractor choices that are given to you in a multiple choice question. Because when you're under stress and you're not 100% certain of an answer, sometimes those distractors look really good, and that's not good for you as the student. And think about how you set yourself up for success. Arrive early on test day in order to settle yourself in before the test starts. You wanna get your pulse rate to a normal setting before the start of the exam. I have seen that most students rush through test questions. And when we review their exams and there's questions that they got wrong, 
they admit that they just didn't read the question or maybe they didn't understand exactly what they were looking for because they were rushing. I assure you, you have enough time to read each question twice and then say, what is my professor asking me before moving on to the next question? There's a lot of research that indicates that if you just go through and read all of the questions and answer the ones that you are confident that you have the answer to, and then go back through the entire test and take on the more challenging content, you will have a better result to your exam. Look for those key words that are written within the question so that you know exactly what the professor is asking you. And doing this twice, reading the question twice, helps your brain to not overlook those important keywords. Think about what constitutes good study habits. And this might be different for everyone, but I'm just gonna cover some of the basics of what I've seen in my own life and some of the successful students that I've worked with. Don't cram for an exam. Remember, you have a national board exam to take at the end of the program and information builds up over time. Take on the information one topic at a time in order for you to achieve long-term retention of information. This will make it so much easier when you're studying for your boards because you took that time to do incremental retention. Ask for help and reach out early. Please know that your faculty want you to reach out for help. And extra help is more the norm than you may think. When you reach out early to your faculty for support, they want to help you. The longer you wait to reach out, the harder it is. And early help often resolves an issue while it's small and manageable. When the faculty have you come to them when it's too late, it's just an awful feeling. And we always wish that you had just reached out sooner. So please take this advice. Form a small study group. And I got to tell you, real life struggles become a lot easier to tackle when you have a buddy system. And even if you learn best by studying alone, it's still helpful to have a study group, even just to help you stay on track with projects and assignments and, hey, did you know that this is coming up? Or, hey, I did that assignment and guess what? It took way longer than we planned. So have that little study group just to hold each other accountable, even if you don't technically study together, because I get it. I like to study best alone. Plan ahead. Create a study schedule and create a space without distractions. Each day, what I want you to do, and I do this in my life, even though I'm no longer a student, each day write down five must-dos for yourself that are a priority for that day, and then two things that are a priority for that week. Start each day with a new priority plan of those five must-dos. Now, if you don't finish everything on the must-do list, those end up being the top priorities for the next day. I assure you, doing this every single day, you will be surprised that little by little, things add up and you make big strides and progress when you take on the five must-do list every day. Try different study strategies. Many students find it hard to just read the assigned chapters in a text and fully understand the information. It's important for you to figure out which types of things help you to develop an understanding of the information. Some students make flashcards and quizlets. Some students review PowerPoints and take notes. Some, some students read before class and then they take notes in class. 
Some students use diagrams and pictures to help them develop understanding of important concepts. Some students rewrite the lecture notes and create a study guide with test questions made from the course objectives. Those are probably the students that are working themselves into becoming future professors. Just saying. Try different strategies during your learning journey to help you discover which methods provide you with the best results. I recommend using my study sheets and podcast as a baseline, and you can add your own notes to this. This makes creating your study packets even easier. When you're studying, it's important for you to take breaks. Sometimes students just try to do hours and hours of studying, and it just doesn't work that way. You need frequent breaks during your study time in order to allow your brain to regain the ability to retain information. Know that you are better studying early in the day or if you're a person who is a late in the day studier. I'm more of a morning person and I can get a lot of things accomplished early in the day. I was never good at staying up late to study. So know this about your own personality and then make your study plans around that. It's important to know who you are and what works for you. I personally like 45 minute sessions and 15 minute breaks. It's essential and scientifically proven that we need the breaks between study periods. So please don't skip this. (laughs) Now, find a happy study place. Do not overlook how important it is. When you study, it's important to think about where you study. So where you study is equally as important as how and when you study. Grab a water bottle, put your phone on do not disturb, and get focused on what you need to do in order to have an area free of distractions. If you enjoy music, put it on in the background, but don't make it the focus. Have a light snack prior to starting your study session so that you are ready to go. This is like the mom in me trying to tell you exactly what you need to do to set yourself up for success. Now, I also encourage you to do small tokens of progress. So to continue the progress and avoid burnout, provide yourself with a reward for your efforts. Perhaps you can treat yourself to an ice cream with a friend, someone from your study group, or watch a show that you enjoy. This will provide you with some balance during the rigors of dental hygiene school. Review. You have to make time to review the material several times in order for you to really know it. This repeated review will strengthen your brain muscles of information as far as retention goes, and you can recall that information. Take it in small bites at a time, but you have to take the time to review. And I always found that the review part was the part that I did best with my study group. So I would study myself, and then when I got together with my peers, this is when we would review information and sometimes debate on who was right at reviewing and recall. Know the schedule. It's really important that you know when your assignments are scheduled. Find out exactly what's on each quiz or test, and this will help you map out how much study time you need to plan and also what to study. Like I said, your faculty will possibly even tell you how many questions are on the assessment and the types of questions that you, if you ask them. But also read your syllabus to know how high stakes each assessment is. What is the value of this test? And if I bomb it, what does that mean for my grade? I always knew going into an assessment exactly what I needed to achieve for a grade in order to stay in a passing zone. So set some goals for yourself. 
create some small measurable goals for yourself to help you track and make meaningful progress on your journey. An example of a measurable goal, I'm going to learn all of the anatomical features of the maxillary incisors by the end of this week. So that's a measurable goal. By the end of the week, have you met that goal? If so, check it off. Scratch that off your to-do list. Measurable goals help keep you on track. Now, a lot of the things that are on exams in hygiene school are case studies. So I just wanted to quickly talk about case study questions. Case study questions usually address a certain number of things. They might address assessing the patient, both medical and dental, comprehending and analyzing radiographs in addition to assessing the patient's medical and dental history, planning for dental hygiene care in addition to the above that I spoke of, using preventive agents or selecting the appropriate preventive agent, providing supportive treatment or care to the patient, performing procedures such as preventive procedures or periodontal procedures, and our role, our ethical responsibility as it relates to all aspects of the process of care. Now, case study questions may use a combination of multiple areas to ask specific questions related to the topics. It's important for you to read the entire case study, then go back and sift out the most important information within the case study in order to help you identify the correct answer. Remember, you are the fact-finding person and expected to connect the dots on case study questions. Consider cause and effect, your assessment findings versus contraindications, your medical history findings versus alternative care needs. Reviewing the entire case study and the components will help you break down your information in order to select the correct answer, which is the goal. So let me just give you a couple of test-taking strategies. And some of these might seem really easy to you, but I just think it's the best thing to do is share what we know. Chunk out times to study, focus time without distraction. That's the number one test-taking strategy is to make sure you've given yourself plenty of time to prepare for the test. Look over the weekly objectives for each lecture that is on the exam and turn the objectives into questions and then answer them. If you can answer them, then you know that you understand the content that might be covered on the test. Review your completed homework for each module on the test. These homework assignments make really good study guides. Rewrite your notes after lectures and add important points that were made by your professor during the lecture. Turn those into a study guide and you've got yourself a gem. Access library activities. If your faculty has created library activities, that means that previous years have had trouble with that content. So they've created library activities to help keep you on track and give you an additional opportunity to make sense of that material. Tackle the tough content first when you are setting up study times to allow you more time to go back and review the tough content. Now, I would suggest creating one hour blocks of study time and divide it into three 20 minute sessions. Study for 15, then recall for 10. The information by answering the questions. Take five and repeat the process. As I said earlier, I work best in 45 minute intervals. You can find the interval that works best for you. The most important part though, is to take time to go back and recall the information to make sure that it's sticking. That's just the way our brains work. I hope this helps you guys. 
would invite you to send me any questions that you need answered. Questions come up when you listen to this podcast. I have a link in the show notes and I'd be happy to answer any questions that you have. Also, I would appreciate a review if you have time to leave one. Thank you so much.